Let's give the Lord a hand. You know, praise God for the seeds that she planted in you and your family. September the 10th, we're having a men's breakfast. Great food, great fellowship, so all of the men should come. What's another reason they should come? They should come and hear more seeds that my grandmother showed that I'm reaping. <laughs> Give David a hand. He's going to be sharing on September the 10th at the men's breakfast. He has powerful testimony. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss 9-11 at the bridge. Want to get involved in the political process in this country. Let's all stand. Want to get involved in prayer. You want to speak up. You want to stand up. And I'm telling you, there are times you want to act up. Don't be politically correct. Speak what the Holy Spirit tells you to because God's not into political correctness. Now, that sounds like I'm endorsing a certain candidate. That is not exactly true. However, everybody say however. Okay, I got a joke. I think it's really cute. It's not politically correct, okay? So let me just give you a little background here so that you can laugh and enjoy it instead of saying, oh my goodness, he's probably offended a race or whatever. The Germans are notorious for being very strong, very militant. Early Germans didn't mind killing people, you know, the armies and all of those types of things. So that just goes. So if you've got German heritage, as I do, don't take this as a big offense. Just, well, just turn to your neighbor and say, just suck it up and move on. <laughs> um, by the same token, we can think about uh, the Italians. And the Italians are wonderful, good people. But uh, if you watch The Godfather and some of the movies, you know, they've had a few things coming out of Italy there that uh, kind of went around the world and did their thing. So as I share this story, the French, they're kind of noted. uh, uh, They kind of like to love different things and the guys and stuff like that. So a little amorous and just maybe not quite the mainline Christian road you'd want to carry sometimes. And so are you with me so far? Okay, and then we have our Jewish friends. Praise God. Are you ready? (laughs) I think this is funny. Centuries ago, God came down and went to the Germans and said, I have ten commandments that will help you live a better life. And the Germans asked, what are commandments? And the Lord said, they're rules for living. Well, said the Germans, give us an example. Well, I say that you shall not kill. Not kill? (laughs) We're not interested in those. So God went to the Italians and said, I have commandments. And the Italians wanted an example. And the Lord said, thou shall not steal. Not steal? We're not interested. Next, the Lord went to the French and said, I have commandments. The French wanted an example. And the Lord said, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. And the French said, (laughs) we're not interested. Then God went to the Jews, and he said, I have commandments. Commandments, said the Jews. How much are they? (laughs) They're free. Well, we'll take (laughs) ten. I saw you get that. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. One day a teacher, they didn't laugh that loud. One day a teacher was talking to her first grade class about whales. When the the teacher was talking, a little girl had a question. The little girl said, do whales swallow people? 
And the teacher said, no, even though uh, they are much bigger than a person, their throat doesn't allow them to, to swallow people. And the little girl said, well, my si- a kindergarten teacher uh, says Jonah was swallowed by a whale. The teacher started getting angry now at the little girl and said, blue whales cannot swallow people. And the little girl said, well, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah if he was really swallowed by a whale. And the teacher started getting a little bit angry, a little red in the face, and said, what if Jonah went to hell? And the little girl said, then you can ask. (laughs) Let's all say it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When you laugh, endorphins begin to flow. All the way in the back row, the lady, what have you been saying every morning? Louder. The joy of the Lord is my strength. She went out of here last Wednesday. She said, I'm going to say that every morning when I get up. The joy of the Lord is my strength. She came in tonight. She said, every morning I've been saying the joy of the Lord is my strength. When you laugh, when you smile, you release those endorphins. They flow down and they just make you feel good. You've been laughing any today? Yeah. Well, Moving your mother into another home. you got a lot on your plate. Have you been laughing? Yes. As much as you should? Probably not. Okay. All right. Let's say it. The word of God. The word of God. Is truth. Is truth. If I live the word if i live the word i will be blessed i will be and blessed. if i don't if i don't i won't i won't it's just that simple it's just that simple you think it's that simple yes you can all be seated are you ready for the word tonight my dear yes but first what are we talking about first i need to tell everybody uh amy pitstick stand up amy is getting married october the 8th she and james hallelujah and they have uh opened their wedding up for all of us to come turn here and say wow now, there's also a dinner. Everybody say two wows. Wow, wow. <laughs> that means that you're invited to that dinner. However, you have to let her know you're coming. And it has to know ahead of time. So she will be at the back tonight. She has uh, an invitation for you to the reception that you can take, fill out. But it has to get back to her by the end of August, right? So that she can turn in numbers and make sure that's all taken care of because this will be a big a situation for her to accomplish i'm sure but uh everybody say thank you amy thank you. yeah amen Hallelujah. A, a steak chicken i i yeah. saw the menu glory to god pastor bill checks that usually for me and him he both are what he like <laughs> we I'm share not mu- i'm not much for receptions you know after the wedding it's all over i'm ready to go home but then i saw the menu and i thought <laughs> you know what i'm gonna go to this reception so if I didn't make yours, forgive me, but the menu must not have been. It's true. It's true. Reaping in due season, you're about to witness that. Yeah, reaping in due season. Uh-huh. What does it mean to you? It means I need to pay attention to what I'm sowing. Okay. Yep. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good? Mm-hmm. Scale of 1 to 10? Mm-hmm. Probably at 8. 8? Okay. Yeah. So you're missing 20%. Sort of. <laughs> We're going to be talking tonight. This is uh, impromptu. I want you to know, folks, I hear about the message at 5 o'clock. So I'm not responsible for what I say. I'm just putting a disclaimer. No, right. I well, am. We're, we're all going to reap what we sow. And God, in, in the very beginning, he wanted his creation to be in charge. And that didn't work out. And I'll just paraphrase it real quickly here. And in the very and, and it didn't work out. So he, he he came up with a plan that would be perfect. He would send his son, he would reestablish the order that he wanted on this earth, and then his son would leave after giving us the key to how to do it, and then he'd send the Holy Spirit 
and then the Holy Spirit would live within us, and we would walk with all of the power and all of the dominion of the Holy Spirit, God himself, in us, and that the fruit of the Spirit would radiate through us, and that everywhere that we go, it would be like Jesus going, that people would be drawn to the light and the power and the glory and the fruit of God's Spirit, and that all of that would be manifest within us, and that we would reap back everything that we would sow just as God wanted to reap everything that He would sow. He sowed His Son, He sowed His life when He breathed into mankind so that He would reap back fellowship with mankind, all of mankind. Mankind. His son was sown as his gift of love so that he could live within us and fellowship with us and reap all of mankind. God has always been into multiplication. Everything that you sow, you will reap. Now, the formula works for good or for bad. Turn to your neighbor and say, the formula works for good or bad. What you sow, you will reap back and multiply back into your life. And God said in the book of Genesis 8.22, that for the rest of the time on this earth, there will be seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Right now, if you go out and look at the crops in Indiana, you see a, a, a lot of corn. But for whatever reason, I'm seeing beans everywhere this year. I don't know if the bean market is going to be good or what, but, but, but a lot of beans out there. And that, and that there are growing seasons for crops. Now, beans and corn are pretty similar, but, but there are growing seasons. And that when the farmer, the farmer knows how to take care of the seed. The farmer knows that the seed is his lifeline. He has to cultivate the land. He has to take care of the land. But without the right seed and without the right planting of the seed in the right season, that seed is not going to do what it's intended to do. But the seed is intended to go into good ground and to multiply. And the farmer will take care of that seed because he knows the tremendous importance of the right seed at the right time bringing forth the reaping of the harvest. God wants us to have a harvest in our life. But if we don't understand that he left us in charge and that the devil is not our problem, people are not our problem, to walk in the fullness of what God wants us to walk in, we have to plug into the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit, allow the fruit of the Spirit to manifest in our life, and we will always have the blessing of God upon our life. Whether we follow God or not, God's will is to bless us, but he can only bless us when we're doing what he's shown us to do, and we're going to talk about that tonight. You know, the Bible says, and we said it on Sunday, Proverbs 4, that that we're to guard our heart, for out of it flow all the issues of life. And uh, it says that you can know what a man's thinking by what comes out his mouth. And so uh, there's also a scripture that says, put a guard over my mouth, Lord, that I would speak what I'm supposed to speak. There's a reason for that. It's because what comes out our mouth has the ability to produce good or evil, blessing or cursing. So we uh, have two ears to hear and to listen. We have one mouth to speak. If we're not listening to the Spirit of God, we're going to start speaking what our mind thinks, what our will and emotions, uh, circumstances and those things say to us. And so we have to guard our heart. And, And for me, that means before I speak, I need to make sure that what I'm going to say is really what I want to happen. How many of you have said some things even today that you don't want those things to happen? Uh, you, you, want, you want the right thing to happen, but it's easier sometimes to just 
speak what we see than to speak out of our heart. But when we realize everything that we speak has the ability to produce good or evil, and it's going to be multiplied. Everybody say multiplied. It's not just going to produce what you say, but it's going to be multiplied, amplified back into our lives. And I just wanted to read this. It's in uh, my daily devotional, but it's just such a good example. Um, it's a story that um, that Joel Osteen put in here. It says, the scripture is, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Um uh, when I go to eat with my sister, we have things we pray before we eat. And this is the last thing we say, because if we talk when we're eating, we want to be sure we're saying things that are edifying. And, you know, it's easy just to chat it up and be chatting up the wrong thing. So my sister, we always pray this together. And, and I, I knew the scripture from a young girl, but this is what it says. In the late 1990s, Jose Lima start, starred as a pitcher for the Houston Astros. Jose is an outgoing, energetic, likable young ball player who usually exudes a positive attitude. But when the Astros moved into their new ballpark, which has one of the shortest distances from home plate to the left field fence of any ballpark in Major League Baseball, he walked out to the pitcher's mound and said, I'll never be able to pitch in here. That season, Jose had the worst year of his career. He went from being, from being a 20-game winner to being a 16-game loser in back-to-back seasons. What happened? The same thing that happens to many of us every day. We get what we say. Our words become self-fulfilling prophecies. That's powerful. Negative thoughts give birth to negative words and negative actions follow. And I just thought that really sums up what we're saying today. You know, as a man thinketh, so is he, as as he thinks in his heart, so is he. But every word that comes out of our mouth has the ability to change our circumstances for good or for evil. I mean, it's going to be one or the other because God said it. Choose this day whom you will serve. We will serve the Lord. You have blessing. You have cursing. He said, choose blessing. And that would be the things that we say. Proverbs 8.21, the life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, if, if you have your Bibles, you can go to Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to read there, but just want to give you a couple of quick scriptures. Matthew 4.4, 4, you know that scripture I quote it all of the time. Man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of, of God. Uh, Matthew chapter, or Mark chapter 4. If you ever study the parable of the sower, it's, it's a parable about life. Most of the teaching of Jesus was done in parables. And in this particular parable... The, so, the, the, the parable of the sower, the seed, he said that if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand the rest of the parables, mm-hmm. all of the parables in the body, in the Bible? And, and, and basically the parable is this. When you sow a seed, you sow the seed into good ground so it will produce a harvest. Now the seed is the Word of God. Everybody say the Word of God. The Word of God. I don't know for sure, but I just have this feeling that a lot of people want to blame other people for what's happened to them. How many of you have you ever heard this terminology, victim mentality? Okay, this happened to me and I wasn't raised right. Okay, we're sorry about that. This happened to me, I was abused. Okay, we're sorry about that. This happened to me, I wasn't educated right because my family, family was poor. Well, we're sorry about that. We're sorry about all the things that happened to people 
but you don't have to be a victim. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't have to be a victim. We are called to be a victor, a victor, and, and to be victorious in everything that we do. So what happens is we start to analyze the seeds. The seeds that Jesus was talking about was the Word of God. He was the seed made flesh. So when we speak the Word of God, it will always multiply back the promise of God to us, regardless of what we see. Does it mean that everybody will treat us uh, fairly? No. Does it mean that everything will go our way and all the people will, you know, like us? No, 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 no. Not at all. But it means that no matter what happens, everybody say that. Everybody say that again. No matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Because we're founded on the rock of the Word of God. You know, you may be here and say, well, I went through a horrible divorce. Well, every divorce is horrible. But it doesn't matter. You, you went through it. Now get on with your life. Get, get reestablished. Get re, put where God wants you to be and move on and learn from your mistakes. Our granddaughter, uh, I, I don't know if I shared this or not. I don't think I did. But our granddaughter rear-ended uh, uh, a car the other day. She, uh, she was given a car by our other granddaughter, Rachel. She rear-ended a car, and because the car was old and the airbag and all that it did, it, they totaled out the car. And, and uh, so now she's actually, she made out pretty good. <laughs> her parents leased her a car. Now she's driving a new car. She used to drive an old car. Her mom said to us, Lori said, I don't know what kind of lesson this is teaching my daughter. She goes out, rear ends a car, and, and uh, now she's driving a new car. But they ended up leasing one so she wouldn't have to be concerned about the maintenance. But I asked our grandson, Carter, who's learning to drive, I said, why did your sister have that accident? And he said, Pop, she had the accident because she wasn't paying attention. I said, you're absolutely right. She wasn't paying attention. Now she's going to learn from it and never have another accident. A lot of times we say, well, the person stopped too fast in front of me. No, you hit the person because you didn't stop in time. You, in other words, how many of you realize you need to take responsible for your own li- responsibility for your own life? When we get to that point, And we decide, I'm not going to blame anybody else for the way I am. I'm going to be who I am based on the Word of God and the will of God. Then we start to accomplish that. And that now, Jesus, you said it Sunday in your messages, awesome messages on the Holy Spirit. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. We say he's in our heart, and he is, but but positionally he's at the right hand of the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit. He said, it's better that I go away. The Holy Spirit lives within us. Can I see the hands of all the people? You know that you are born again. You know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you know that the Holy Spirit resides within you. Can I see your hands? Then every single one of us have the ability to walk exactly as Jesus told us that we would walk with the power and the fruit of the Holy Spirit resident within our life. Have you ever been around a Christian that looks like a sourpuss? I've seen them up here sometimes as I look out there. Do you know, now all of us go through things, do we not? And sometimes when you look in that mirror, we talked about it last Wednesday, you look in that mirror and (laughs) they don't look too good today. You ought to look good every day. You ought to have a smile on your face every day because there are things going right in your life. I know this sounds funny, but some people, I heard this years ago, I thought it was funny. Some people brighten the room when they walk into the room. Some people brighten the room when they 
walk out of the room. We ought to be the people that brighten the room whenever we walk into the room. Now, let's look at what we should have in our life because, honey, this is the seed that we sow that if we actually do what God told us to do, this is exactly what we're going to have in our life. Now, Galatians chapter 5, I'll read a couple of these scriptures and then you jump in there. But Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, this is what it says. If we will do what God wants us to do, turn to your neighbor and tell him this is God's will for your life. If you'll forget about everything else going on in your life, this is God's will for your life. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh wants to feel sorry for itself. It doesn't say that, but that's what it's talking about. All sorts of junk in the world today that your flesh wants to entertain. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish if you follow the flesh. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now, listen to this. This is what happens to people when they listen to their flesh, when they let situations and circumstances get into their life, and when they start to be bothered about life and what's happening. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, oh, lewdness, everywhere in the world today. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, talking about anger, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Can I see the hands of all the people that are one time or another, one of those things was manifest in your life and my hand is up too. There's a difference between succumbing to one of these, realizing it's wrong, receiving the Holy Spirit and moving back with God and moving on. Versus saying, well, now we live in a dispensation where God loves us all and God's mercy and compassion is fine. So we can start to change some of these things and we can start to say what is evil is now good and what used to be sin is now not sin. Folks, those people are in danger of the judgment of God coming upon their life. But that's not us. So turn to your neighbor and say, that's not us. All right, let's concentrate on who we are. Who are we, Pam? Starts out in verse number 22. 22. Yeah, I just want to add wild parties is in my Bible. If any of you have been attending wild parties, you need to stop. What's your say? Wild parties. It's the new living. Sometimes the new living is more like the way we're living. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So it makes it real simple. Wild parties. Uh, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. The reason there's no law is because these are applied to the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. We're not talking about the things that are of the kingdom of this world. We're talking about the things of the kingdom of God. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. That means we do that. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Now, how many of the fruits of the Spirit should be manifest in the life of a believer who has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? All of them. If they're not, who's the problem? 
Did God do something wrong? No, we are. We do? Okay. So what do you think about those fruits? Well, they're the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the key. They're not our fruit. They're the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. So that means this has nothing to do with our feelings. So in order to manifest these fruits, we have to be thinking what the Holy Spirit is committing to us to do and not what we feel like doing. How many of you know there's a difference? You know, uh, you know sometimes we feel like doing things we shouldn't do. All of us do. We all have things that come up that, or we feel like saying something that we know we shouldn't say. How, how many of you have ever tried to swallow something you really want to say? But you know the Holy Spirit's saying, don't say that. Because it's like throwing gasoline, you know, on a fire already. You know, those are the kind of things that the Holy Spirit's fruit will help us overcome our natural inclination of what to do. Does that make sense? So we have to submit to that. That's right. Nobody needs a piece of your mind. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, nobody needs a piece of your mind. <laughs> have you ever heard this expression, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind? That's the problem. Some people are giving away too many pieces. You know, you need all your mind. Folks, we need to understand mm -hmm. that every single fruit that we have just read right here is in us. And we yield to it. And it flows out of us. And if we don't take an offense, if we don't be concerned about how we're treated, if we don't enter into a victim mentality, if we don't say, what about me? We can take those fruits and we can live with those fruits manifest in us every single moment of the day. And that everywhere we go, those things flow out of us. And if you have that love, that peace, that joy, that long-suffering, that self-control, the patience. Everybody, see, sometimes people say, you don't have to raise your hands here. You know, somebody say, how many of you need more patience? And everybody raise their hands. And then you say, you're not going to get any more. You got all you need. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, you got all the patience you need. You got all the patience you need. But if you don't yield to it, you'll get into the flesh. And you'll snap at somebody. Isn't a single person here hasn't snapped at somebody. The reason you did it is because you jumped out of the spirit and into the flesh. And you made a judgment call based on a situation or circumstance that revved up your emotions. You are not to be led emotionally. You are to be led by the Holy Spirit. You are not to give people a piece of your mind. You're to speak the word of God. And when we enter into a disciplined life of using what we have been given, it works. Everybody say it works. it works. Tell your neighbor, it works. In other words, you may see something different than me, but that's okay. We have love, peace, and joy between us. We have, it says Romans 14, 17, uh, uh, righteousness, uh, righteousness, peace. peace. And the joy. kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, and joy in, the, in Holy. the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. So let's all say, I have the Holy Ghost. I have the Holy Ghost. So therefore, when you walk in that door, what should we see coming out your face? Joy. It's awfully weak. You should see the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I should see the fruit of the Spirit. I should in see you. the fruit of the Spirit. And tell them, you should see it in me too. Mm-hmm. What do we do when we get hit and things aren't going right? What happens? We don't have enough money to pay the bill. What happens if you go through situations and circumstances that you know is not the will of God, that somebody else caused, or maybe that you caused? All of us can have challenges like that. It does not affect the location of the seed of the impartation 
of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's still there. What it's doing, it's playing with your emotions. And your emotions come out of your brain. And if your brain is submitted to your spirit, then you will respond based on the Holy Spirit. If your brain is not submitted to the Holy Spirit, your brain will respond based on right and wrong as you see it. Can I see the hands of all the people you've gotten in trouble with that one? You determine what's right, you determine what's wrong, and you determine how you respond versus this is how God wants me to respond. This is how the manifestation of the Holy Spirit would be in my life, and I'm going to walk with that. If people understand that, they will reap what God has for them, and it won't be a question of emotion. It won't be a question of other people. It will be a question of whether or not we are sowing into the kingdom of God. And we're going to read that next in, in Galatians chapter 6. But honey, these seeds that we plant, if we just walk in love and forgiveness and with the fruit of the Spirit manifest in our life, all of that becomes multiplied and it comes back to us. And it gives us what God wants us to have, which is a harvest and his blessings upon our life. You know, that scripture in Luke six thirty eight that says, uh, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But it's going to come back. Everybody yeah. say it's coming back. Yeah. And so uh, in, in, in sowing, whatever we sow, it's, it's going to come back because that scripture does work. And just before that scripture, it says we need to forgive. And it talks about other things that we need not judge and do these things. Why does it say that right before? And then give, and it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto you. Well, that's because whatever we're sowing, not just, we use that a lot for finances, which it it definitely happens in that arena, but it also happens in forgiveness. Uh, we, we had a couple that used to share here a lot in the very beginning. They would come from Tulsa, Terry and Brenda Hinshaw, and they always said, when we get up in the morning, when we pray together, we choose to forgive whatever's going to happen that day. Whoever says it, we're forgiving them. We're choosing that in the morning before it happens. Yeah. How many of you know it's easier to do it before it happens than after, when it happens? And the enemy is very good at attacking who you are. In other words, when people say things that really wound you, That's the enemy. He attacks who you are. You know, people can bring correction to your life, and and God brings correction to our lives, discipline. But when he does it, it doesn't attack who you are as a person. But sometimes when people say things, they're, they're attacking who you are as a person, and that's the enemy. Everybody say, that's always the enemy. Because the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. Now, you know, all of us can be corrected. Pastor Bill corrects me sometimes. I'll tell him something that I see. But correction isn't to harm people. What do I do? I didn't catch that. I didn't give you an example. Oh. Uh, but when we correct people or we show people that that isn't the way it really was, it, we're not doing that to hurt them. But sometimes people just fling something out there. It's like a zinger thing. You know, you, you know what that feels like? It's like it hits you and it, it, it offends you. It hurts you. Well, then that's when it's, are we going to live by the spirit? Are we going to live by the flesh? Are we going to sow forgiveness? Or are we going to sow what we don't like about it? But know this, if we sow into that situation, a zinger like got zinged at us, we're going to reap it back multiplied. Does that help? 
if we think like that, you know, we want to we might want to preserve ourselves from that kind of an attack because the enemy will work with that and twist it and bring it back. I've made a decision a long time ago not to correct you unless you really needed it. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're going to read in Galatians chapter 6 here. Uh, how many of you would say, you correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I am, but I'm just using me as an example for a moment. How many of you would say that you are an impulsive person? You know, you, you, you just respond quick. Can I see your hands? Looks like maybe half of you. I, I don't think I am. I, you, you know better than anybody. Sometimes somebody, your wife or your mate, can judge you better than you can. I, I think I'm very slow. Most generally, yeah, yeah. unless you're really under it. Well, if you push the right button, yeah. I haven't perfected all of it. But, but, but people that are really impulsive have a tendency sometimes to, does that mean, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. When he see. shows teeth, I would just advise you not to say anymore. Because those teeth mean he's about to say something. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I know I'm preaching to myself tonight too, because I know, I know this, I can respond with my mind, which may or may not be totally renewed at the moment, or by the spirit of God. And I hear my mind quicker than I hear the Holy Spirit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Does it make sense? I, I know what I feel like doing. <laughs> I, I, I'm smart enough by now to realize I better not do that. But it takes a while to respond based on the Holy Spirit. I find that sometimes the best response is no response. And just give it some time, let it go. And revisit it later on, because the first response may be a first responder, maybe the wrong responder. You've used the wrong thing in your arsenal. And in Galatians, it's so powerful because this came to me this morning while I was praying. We can't control the circumstances of life. We, you cannot control the circumstances of life. However, we can control how we respond to the circumstances of life. Now, I know to a certain extent we have authority, we have power, we have dominion. But how many of you found that your authority, your power, and your dominion does not always work over other people the way you'd hope it would or as fast as you hope it would or even in your own life? So we realize that circumstances come, circumstances go. But the seed that we plant is going to be reaped back quickly, as Pam just said. And it says in, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he also will reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Holy Spirit will of the Holy Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary. And this happens to a lot of people. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not faint. You may not know what due season is. I don't always know what due season is, but I know this. If I don't give up and if I allow the Holy Spirit to work through me, I'll always have manifest the fruit of the Spirit in my life. And the fruit of the Spirit, and especially, honey, 
The spirit of self-control, I believe, last week we talked about joy and how medicinal it is and how it affects every area of our life. I believe self-control is very similar. It, like, it holds everything together. And a lot of people lose control, and what they're really doing is they're getting into the flesh and not allowing the self-control of the Holy Spirit to give them the manifestation of the victory that we already have. That almost sounds like double talk. We already have the victory, but if we ignore the victory, the victory doesn't work in our life. Well, you know, I think we're living in a world that's pretty volatile. And so the flesh is really out there operating uh, much, much greater than what it used to be uh, in people's lives. People are under greater pressure because of needs and things that are going on in their life. Uh, Evil is perpetuating in our world quickly. Uh, so people tend to be able to be fiery and angry and uh, quickly um, they, they turn into a mob, if you will, of people who are just saying what they think. And everybody's yelling things and saying things. And it's, there's really no rhyme or reason to what they're even doing. In fact, they get so out of control that finally what they're saying doesn't even make sense. Have you noticed, I mean, some of the things that are being said now uh, by people, they, they don't even make sense. But there's such, uh, in people's lives, people have let go of that core of leaning to what God would have them do, and they're in the flesh. And that's what Second Timothy 3 says. In the last days, there will be perilous times because people will be living by their flesh and not anything to do with the Spirit of God. And that is growing more and more and more and more in the world we're living in. So we have to be more and more and more in tune with the spirit in order to counteract what's coming in the world. We cannot become more like the world. We have to become more like Jesus. And that's very hard to do when you're facing all of that turmoil that's in the world. But I believe that that anger that's even even in the uh, in the television or even in the grocery stores. I mean, uh, you know, I was in the grocery store on Sunday and people are hurrying and they're, nobody's smiling. People don't even say hello to people, you know. And if you smile, uh, this one lady, I, didn't, I thought she was trying to decide who to run over with her grocery cart because, you know, everybody was in her way. You could tell she went this way and she went this way and she went this way and finally I backed up. You know, I mean, I don't think there's an emergency on getting through the grocery store. But what's happening is people are becoming so agitated because they're more and more living after the flesh that those things that are uh, like the, the police riots. I mean, all the things that are happening are happening because people are living so much in the flesh that it just takes one little spark and everybody goes into a rage. And, and trying to calm that rage down, it, it's, you can't calm it down because it's what's in the people. There, there's no peace. There's no joy. There's no self-control. There's no kindness. There's no gentleness because we have grown to be a society that's so self-centered that that's all people are thinking about. So everything is about what they want, what they need, how fast they want it. And so as the church, we're supposed to be the light of the world. That means that even though all those things are happening around us, we're still walking in peace. 
we're still walking in joy. We're still doing what God would have us do. You know, when somebody doesn't get your order in time in the, in the, in the restaurant, we just say, that's okay. No problem. You know, we're just, we're just, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Whenever you can get around to us, you know what that does? That makes you a light sitting in a a surrounding of darkness. So it's in the practical things. It's not in churchy things. It's in everyday life. The people are looking for Jesus. I promise you they are. I believe that. People are looking for something that will bring stability. And so we're going to have to increase in this in the midst of gross darkness. In other words, more and more people attacking us for when we're doing right just because they're not thinking right anymore. They're not thinking about other people. That's a good word, honey. When you have the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life and you have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you will see things differently. In the world, like Pam just said, the world is going more and more into sin and into the sensual flesh of if it feels good, go ahead and do it. Nobody should tell you what you can and can't do. So the world has flipped over into the flesh realm. Do you know how in the church, some of you are much younger, so you may not remember this, but remember how you used to have the Pentecostal movement and the holiness movement, and boy, you wore your hair in a bun, and I never had that problem, but you know women, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you know the women, you know, you had, to wear, you had to wear your hair in a bun, and you had to wear a long dress, and uh, how many of you know what I'm talking about, and all this kind of stuff. Now, I don't fault them for that. But what I have read historically is that it became so legalistic that righteousness almost was forgotten about. And then, on the other hand, you can, you can never have too much righteousness because righteousness is the Word of God. But all of a sudden then, well, you're righteous. You're, you're, how you act doesn't have anything to do with righteousness. That's true. But righteousness is never a badge to act wrong. Righteousness does not give a person the right to live a life of sin. And so what happens is it goes from one scale to another. Now we seem to be going back to a certain extent with grace. Uh, Grace is God's unmerited favor, and we all have it. That's true. But if you're not able to share with somebody that you're going the wrong direction and what you are now calling good so that everybody will feel good about themselves is not good, it is sin, it's contrary to the Word of God, but I love you just like you are, and I'm always going to be here for you. And when you allow the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in you, then it's going to flow out of you, and it's going to attract people to the Jesus in you. And it's going to give us a format everywhere we go because the world is getting darker and darker and darker. But when the fruit of the Spirit is manifest in our life, it reflects in our eyes, it reflects in our flesh, and not the flesh we're talking about, but I mean just our skin tone. Everything changes when we're walking with the fruit of the Spirit in our life. And every single person, you, me, and everybody here, we basically operate like this. And I'm sure if you've been around this church, you've heard me share this uh, uh, before. But you operate through your thoughts, then you speak, then you act. Everybody, thoughts, thoughts. speak, speak. Action. action. Over and over and over again, that's what you do. If you think angry thoughts, guess what you're going to do? You're going to speak angry words, and then you're going to 
act out anger. If you think love, you meditate love, you meditate patience, you meditate long-suffering, you meditate all of those things that are the fruits of the Spirit, and you say, you know what? I have joy in my life. I have love in my life. And your bank book is overdrawn, and the creditors are coming to get you, and they just took two of your kids, and the, they took the right two, so you didn't care. No, you, you, <laughs> you understand what you know what I'm talking about. You get to the point where the most important thing is your life, in your life is, am I manifesting what God wants me to do, or am I focused on things that aren't going right? I'll leave with Pam here. But I believe this. I love to observe people. And for some reason, God just shows me people that I know are only focusing on what's going wrong in their life. They're not focusing on what's going right in their life. If you focus on what's going wrong in your life, things you don't know how to fix, things you don't know what to do, it just drags you down. It takes you right down into the gutter, and you feel horrible about life. But there are things in all of our lives that is going right. Focus on those things and figure out who God wants you to share the love of God with instead of being concerned about all the things that aren't going right in your life. We could have a session here tonight and call it a great big pity party. And you know what? Some people say nobody shows up when you have a pity party but you. Oh, no, the devil shows up. He loves a pity party. He'll show up, and he'll take that list of 20 pitiful things you got. He'll make it 100 things. But when we get to the point when we realize I'm only going to focus, Philippians chapter 4, I'm not going to be anxious for anything. I'm going to focus on all of the great things that God has done in my life that bring joy into my life. I'm not going to focus and think about anything else. We'll think right, right thoughts, we'll speak right words, and we'll have the harvest God wants us to have because we're going to act right. Button it up, babe. Well, I just uh, just share this with you. If you just make a decision, I'm going to take a week and prefer everyone else. This is practice for reaping what you sow. Uh, I don't don't know why. I mean, the Lord really makes me do this. And and I'm not perfect at it for sure. But uh, like when I pull out, and, and this is just a minor thing, but when I pull up to the corner out here, and, and, and I go to pull out, I look at the traffic. And, and sometimes I could whip out and then cut across just like that, but I know that all those people coming through that light are going to have to stop and wait on me. So I don't do it. I pull out, and I go down to where there ain't anybody coming, and then I turn so they don't have to stop. Now, I, I'm, no, I'm not boasting about I, I believe it's the Holy Spirit. He watches me to see if I'm going to prefer the other person. Over here on Ferry Street, and, and, and it, the, the bus driver, those big buses, yeah, James drives, you know, um, you can pull up there or you can stay back. I've had people honk at me because I stay back. But I know that bus driver, when he makes that turn, he can't make it unless I'm back. The bus isn't even there, but just in case he's coming, I see people standing there, I back up. So that if that bus comes, he can get around the corner. Those are the things that God watches. I truly believe it in our lives. Because that shows that even in the little things, we're listening to the Holy Spirit. And it's not necessarily what I want. It just comes to my mind. It isn't something that I can even say, look at me. I thought of it. I don't think of it. But I believe the Holy Spirit uses it to test me to see what I'll do. Uh, When I go through McDonald's, I've finally settled down, folks. I have been delivered. 
from who gets to go first. I have. Because too many times it went the wrong way. And I finally thought, uh-huh, you're doing this, aren't you, God? I mean, you're letting three people go by. And I got behind Aunt Susie, who's ordering for the entire house that she lives in. And there must be 42 people in it because there's a lot of ordering going on. Or I get there and nobody comes to talk to me. And three people go right by me. You know what? I've started not even caring which lane I get in. I have had the victory. But I didn't have the victory for a long time. But you know what? I believe God's training me. You know, and he wants to train you. Because when we get like this, then big things happen. We're already there. We're already there because he's trained us in those places. I don't say that because to lift me up because I'm still failing in some of these things. Because sometimes I'm in a hurry. It's under pressure when you find out if you really can do the thing you're supposed to do. And last night I whipped out of here and I was headed. I had things to do. And there was Madonna. How many of you know Madonna? Madonna, she comes here and she walks everywhere she goes and she pushes one of those things that you walk with. And she was walking in the street on ferry. And I thought, I need to, I need to pick her up and take her where she's going. And it was 5 o'clock. There was traffic everywhere. I'm trying to move my mother and do all these things. But I pull over and she comes alongside my car more out into the traffic. And people are not liking that because this woman is standing in the street with her thing, you know, that thing. I said, Madonna, why don't you go behind my car and I'll be right out. I'll get you. Took her down to where she was going, dropped her off. Do you know when I left there, I just felt like the Lord said, good job. See, he's watching. Everybody say he's watching. That's not, that's not to make you feel good about yourself. It's to promote you to a higher level. In the kingdom of God, where he can give you more responsibility. God is always working on our character. And so this message, what you reap, what you sow, you reap. It's, it's, it's about being that person that no matter what's happening, you can hear the Holy Spirit. And it's a little voice. Because I've many times just gone by people because I was in a hurry. I mean, we all do that. But I think in the day we're living in, we are going to look so different to the world. We're going to look so different to the world that it's going to cause them to run after Jesus. It's not going to be us. They're going to see Jesus. They're going to see that that's not who we are. That's who's in us. And it just causes us to do what he would do. And so I just challenge you, just take this week, just till Sunday. You don't even have to do it a whole week. Four days, the next four days, start asking God to show you where you can prefer someone else over yourself. Now, listen, it'll cost you maybe a few minutes. It may cost you a little money because he may tell you, you know, to give that server more money. And they didn't even do squat. In fact, they didn't act like they even liked to be in there. But he's not looking at what they did. He's looking at what we do. Are you getting this? Because these messages are not just, you know, the word of God that we just need to hear. We need to do the word also. Amen. Let's all stand. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. You do not have to pray for the anointing of God to be up on you 